previously on the Soulless Cinema. Do you think we should loot it? Treasure, treasure. You're no more than a few breaths before the skeletons rise. Uh, so that's 21 damage. <laughs> you connect with the skeleton, bones pulverize, and a small crater is created in the spot where this skeleton once stood. What does someone with the eyes of Thorn think this is? It's very important. I must never let anything bad happen to it. Not ever. Because if anything bad happens to it, then Thorn, Thorn would not be able to live. Oh, Tybalt. They don't seem to be moving like the others. For interesting and weird black vines are what seems to be connecting the bones. And from within, there are empty sockets. A small, greenish candlelight is visible as it is the magic that keeps them moving. Throughout the vastness of the multiverse, there lies a tavern. As you approach its doors, you catch bubbles of laughter that rise and burst into cheers as colorful groups of travelers find comfort in their bonds. As you head inside, the smile of the tavern keeper greets you. They're an otherworldly being with a bluish corporeal form. They wear attire befitting of an innkeeper and they have a large cloudy nebula for hair speckled with stars, which gently sways with their movement. Welcome to the Storyteller's Tavern, where stories are served like ale and seat is open for you at every table. Tonight's special is the Sunless Citadel, an epic adventure of high fantasy with notes of friendship, danger, and most importantly, hope. Will our adventures survive to descend into the dungeon? Or is there a dark and calamity taking roots far from the sun's reach? Now we roll for initiative. Seeker. 14. Methuselah. 17. Thorn. I got a 17 as well. And Mortis. I got 17 minus 10, 7. <laughs> It's a minus 10? No, it's not. <laughs> like, I was wait, just being what? cute. It's only a minus one, but still. Cuteness detected. All right, <laughs> starting the round with one of the skeletons. This one is one of those that are wearing nothing but a loincloth. Wielding a two-handed axe, it charges in from the back of the group and it goes straight to you guys. It approaches and engages against Seeker and goes for an attack. Does a 14 hit. No. So with its powerful two-handed axe, it charges into you and swings wildly. You, fortunately, are able to sidestep it and avoid the damage. Next is another skeleton. This one notches an arrow onto its bow and shoots at Mortis. The arrow heads straight towards your head and you do the classic, you go inside of your shell and the arrow just flies past it, hitting the wall behind you. As after the arrow flies over his head, Morris pops back up and he's like, how rude. It is now Methuselah's turn. All right, so I take out Yorick and I start to play circus music and the strings start to turn this violet color 
and these colorful spotlights blink on over some of the skeletons and it follows them around as they move as I cast Bane. They need to make uh, Christmas saving throws. This one fails. Does an eight pass? Yeah, that fails. Does a 13 pass? Nope. So the spotlights shine over all of them and they have a 1d4 from any attacks or saving throws. What else do you do? So now I'm going to play a different song on Yorick. The strings start to turn into these like rainbow flashing colors as I play a song about Nera and give inspiration to Mortis. Mortis like, he doesn't say anything, but he just puts a hand over his heart. <laughs> With inspiring music, Mortis gets an inspiration. And now it is Thorn's turn. Thorn is going to make sure that he steps around Mortis just so that he's in like behind him and attacking hit the back of his legs by accident. Um, and he's actually going to shoot an acid arrow at whatever skeleton is closest to him. I got a natural one. Bardic inspiration comes back. <laughs> they come back as quickly as they go. <laughs> Honestly, at first when I picked this um, picked this subclass, I was like, oh, I'll never use this feature, but holy sh**, it is amazing. Thorn, as you notch the arrow, pull it, and he's about to throw, something gets caught, and it breaks the glass head. You're lucky enough to throw away and drop the bow before it hurts your hand but it does corrode the handle of the bow in the very middle. You lose the bow. On the bright side, at least there's like a bunch of bows that we are unaccounted for, so you can just pick one up. Anything else you would like to do? Um, I think that's all I can do. I'll just step back behind Mortis very sadly. Seeker of the Wind, it is your turn. So Seeker is going to use Insightful Fighting against the one that is like right in front of them. So uh, I need a deception check from that one. A thrill of seven. 23. <laughs> so Seeker's going to take their rapier and attack with their sneak attack. Does a 10 hit. You thrust your blade towards the enemy in front of you, but quickly he is able to evade your attack. Anything else you would like to do? No. Now it is the turn of one of the skeletons, the one that Thorn tried to hit. It charges forward towards the very first enemy in front of him, Mortis, and it tries to attack you with its two-handed axe. It swings wildly with an overhead arch, but you're quickly able to evade by sidestepping to the left. Better luck next time, fool. <laughs> and in sequence, it is Mortis's turn. <laughs> Strike at the king and you best not miss. That's not canon. <laughs> I just wanted to say that in his voice. I really love how, like, Mortis in, like, in RP most times is this just sweet old man. But then in combat, he gets so snappy. <laughs> He's a snapping turtle in combat. Bro, I was say that. All right, so uh, in retaliation, Mortis is going to uh, unsheath his greatsword as his bonus action and then he's going to slash directly at the skeleton who just attacked him. Uh, that is a 24. You swing with your blade and it hits the enemy, causing 11 damage. 
a devastating attack. Most of him is on the ground, but he quickly comes back up. What would you like to do? I already used my bonus action, and I'm already engaged with him, so I'll probably, I'll probably just stand my ground. Next is another skeleton. This one was beside the one that just engaged with Mortis. It approaches slowly, wielding its long sword in a very defensive manner. It's not able to engage due to the skeletons in front of him. Therefore, he will just lay awake in a defensive position. Next is another skeleton. It approaches as best as it can, but waits in line for it to engage with the enemy. And after that is another skeleton. He does approach as well. Now he is behind the skeleton facing Mortis and waiting in line. It's like a cue they have to fight us. The problem with hallway battles. The skeleton conga line. <laughs> Top of the round, the skeleton that is currently fighting Seeker. It goes for another swing of its two-handed ass. It swings, but you're able to predict its, pro its trajectory and you evade the attack. Dope. Now it is the skeleton in the back with its bow. It sees the enemies afar, but all are engaged with their friends. Therefore, it's gonna be more difficult for him to actually hit. You'll shoot a seeker. The arrow flies and just hits your left arm, causing a total of five piercing damage. It is now Methuselah's turn. So Methuselah takes out this blueberry pie crust that looks like it's been in Methuselah's pocket for like centuries. It's moldy and crumbling and disgusting. And as they're holding it in their hand, they just start to uh, like monologue, ending with, and thus no man is free from his ambitious finger. The great tragedy of life is that there's never enough pie. And then he crumbles it and crushes it in in their hand and this cube of blue spinning light starts to form and grow and then Methuselah just chucks it at the skeletons and then this cube just kind of like falls over the skeletons and within it there's all this like cartoony looney tunes like light and color and everything inside gets more like rounded and happy and you know, just like very comical, and all of the skeletons need to do a wisdom save. I cast Nehara's Mischief, if anyone wants to know. I just have a really extra way of explaining this spell. 11. Fails. 15. That one passes. Fails. 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 And this one passes. And another fail. Two passes and four fails. So all the ones that fail just start cackling in this yeah, 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 kind of voice <laughs> as they're now incapacitated and have to run in a random direction, probably on their turn. You have become Papyrus. <laughs> Welcome to Undertale. <laughs> the ones that stayed are just sands. <laughs> just vibing. <laughs> na, 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 na. Uh, as well, my concentration on Bane has dropped because this is a way cooler spell and it's the perfect time to use it because everyone's in it. Anything else you'd like to do? I'm going to like kind of look at my companions and just be like, just hold your ground. Don't go into the space over there, whatever you do. Just stay here. And with that, now it is Thorn's turn. Thorn is going to 
step out from behind Mortis. And he's gonna try to- he wants to attack the skeleton that is engaged with Mortis with his daggers. The first one is a dirty 20 to hit. That is a hit. And he'll take 5 piercing damage from that. The second one is a 13 to hit. That is another hit. And he'll take 6 piercing damage. And with it, this skeleton was already wounded by Mortis before. You just finished the job by stabbing once and hitting the head with the other dagger, making a fly all the way to the back of the hallway. Thorn is like, yippee! And then he'll jump back and switch back so that he's behind Mortis. In the heat of battle, Mortis glances behind him quickly and just gives Thorn a warm smile. <laughs> Yay, thanks, Dad. That's the end of Thorn's turn. Seeker of the Wind, it is your turn now. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to do insightful fighting again against the deception check of that skeleton boy. Does 14 pass? Yeah, because um, I rolled a 12, so that's fine. Um, in that case, we're not going to do the sneak attack for this one. We're just going to try and do the stabby stab with the rapier. Um, does a 22 hit? It does hit. And then it's going to be 11 piercing damage. A powerful swing pretty much cuts off one of the arms of the skeleton. But he's still standing and still ready for combat. And Seeker's just gonna go and like kind of paw at it. Not not like actually like as an attack, try kind of batting towards the skeleton. Now it is Mortis. Are there is there any way I can like engage with any of the skeletons without going into the fun zone? I'll probably like center myself so I'm kind of blocking the way that they'll come in if possible. And I'm gonna prepare an action to just slash at any who approach. You prepare yourself and get in a position to attack whoever approaches your sword length. Now it is the skeleton's turn. The one with the shield and sword starts cackling in the most iconic way a skeleton can cackle hitting its bone jaw against the roof of its mouth. It literally just raises its arms, one with a shield and the other one with a short sword, and starts running backwards with all its movement. It goes back into the room that he started this combat. Now it's the other skeleton with the long sword. This one stays put and ready for combat. Then there is the one with the two-handed weapon, the axe. This one takes the position of the one that had just run away and waits their turn. Then there's the archer that also starts to cackle as best as it can, raises his hand, one with an arrow and the other one with a bow, and runs backwards to the door that you guys have not yet seen in the end of the hallway. Skeleton just holds up the arrow and bow like, eight hey, arrows, am I right? <laughs> Runs away. Top of the round. Now it is the one that is facing Seeker. It starts to cackle, <laughs> raises the only hand that it has with the two-handed axe, and starts to run backwards. Opportunity attack? From Seeker. Go right ahead. An 18 to hit. As it turns, you thrust the rapier in the back of its skull, and it stays at the rapier, while the rest of the body underneath just crumbles to the ground. Next is the archer. He just left 
the area, but then he quickly returns past the door. Previously, it affected him by where he was positioned with the group, but by being beside the door, it's actually outside of the range of the fun zone. It notches the arrow that had in their hand and lets it loose. Seeker, the arrow flies through the air and it was just about to hit you, but you quickly and reactively move your rapier and it connects with it, pairing it and flying away from danger. Mifuzula, it is your turn now. So the fey magic of the fun zone starts to shift and it loses this kind of cartoony essence that is in the air of the area. And now there are these like white chrysanthemums just sort of pop in the air. Just These white chrysanthemums are going to spit water at the skeletons. So they have to do a deck save. The skeleton with the long sword gets a 19. Passes. The skeleton with the two-handed axe fails. So that skeleton is blinded. The flowers that pops in the middle of the open air starts to squirt water towards the two skeletons. The one with the long sword was in a defensive position, therefore it's able to predict the effect and covers his face before anything bad happens. The other one was not caring and instead receives a full blast of water that kind of extinguishes the light within its eye sockets, but whatever it is, those weird, creepy black vines that keeps aloft the entire skeleton does not diminish and it still tries to wipe its face out of the liquid coming out of the flowers. The way you first described like the first guy like being like, I am ready for this. I, I anticipated this. I just think about this dude who like encountered this spell before and some flowers like squirted water in his eyes and <laughs> that blinded him and he fell off a cliff to his death. <laughs> like he was ready and prepared. But that is uh, that is just the incidental um, for my actual turn. On Yorick, I'm going to play this kind of like sad song and cast Vicious Mockery as the strings of my instrument turn violet. And which one are you affecting? Uh, whatever is closest one to me. It will be the one with the two-handed axe. 18. Passes. Being distracted with the liquid on their face is enough to not pay attention to the horrible mockery that Methuselah was throwing at them. That's my turn. Thorn's turn. Thorn is going to reach down and pick up a stone, probably three stones. And as he holds them, the stones glow blue and then they get these little smiley faces on them as they're glowing. Uh, which one is blinded right now? The Ats one. Okay, I'm gonna throw a stone at him as I use the cantrip magic stone. Roll to hit and damage. Does a 23 hit? The stone flies from the hands of Thorn, and the beautiful smile appears on the surface of the stone as it lands like a bullet onto the skeleton. He takes eight bludgeoning damage. It takes away three of his ribs. And then 
still holding the last two pebbles in his hands, uh, Thorn will jump back behind Mortis. And that's my turn. Seeker of the Wind, it is now your turn. So, can I approach any of them without entering the fun zone? Unfortunately not. Okay, so um, Seeker's just going to hold their action. When one of them gets close enough, they're going to stab with their rapier. All right. And it is now Mortis' turn. Uh, So as a bonus action, I'm going to use my channel Divinity, and I would like to do Champion Challenge. So uh, Mortis is going to place a hand on his holy symbol, and then he's going to hold his sword outwards. So he's going to sort of do prayer. Then he's going to look upwards. He's going to say, come at me. So I'm going to need a wisdom saving throw from all of the skeletons that are within 30 feet of me. The one with the long sword fails. Does a 16 pass? Uh, yes. The one with the ads that got shot by Thorn and is still trying to scrub the liquid out of the, his face passes. The archer fails. Uh, so any of them that failed, uh, they can't willingly move more than 30 feet away from me. So basically they can't flee or anything. So if they if they get affected by the fun zone, they can't, they're going to be in a moral conundrum. Yeah. And uh, for my action, I'm going to do the same thing I did last turn. I'm going to hold my sword at the ready and prepare to attack anyone that enters my range. Sorry. Let me, let me be specific. Any enemy that enters my range. We're not in a friendly fire household. Not yet. Now it is the skeleton's turn. The one with the short sword and shield appears from the inside of the room that it had escaped into. Now, if I'm not mistaken, it gets affected by the fun zone. Yay, give me that deck save. I love how we... It's just the fun zone now. That's just what's called. (laughs) The fun zone trademark. Yeah, it's not Nair's mischief. It's just the fun zone spell. Methuselah's fun zone. Fun for all ages, dead or undead. As the skeleton steps inside of the fun zone, magically a flower blooms in front of his face out of thin air. And as he does not have time to react, he only flicks his head sideways in a curious manner before the water splashes into his face and he gets distracted with the water. He is currently blind and just stays trying to take the liquid out of its face. It does not do anything else in their turn. Now it is turn of the one with the axe. It doesn't do anything as well as it is blinded and trying to take the liquid out of their face. Next is the long sword one. That it is compelled to approach Mortis and swing their sword. I think your reactions take effect before him, actually. So please, Mortis, do your attack first, then I'll do Seeker's attack. Uh, that's a 10 to hit, so probably not. Your longsword swings, but you can clearly see that this skeleton must have had training for combat when it was alive, for he is able to parry your sword as mid-swing. Seeker's turn. That was a natural 20. <laughs> And eight damage total after doubling. Eight damage is inflicted onto the skeleton. You are able to attack it and it goes past the breastplate that it has wearing. Hitting on its side, you can clearly feel the break of the bones as you thrust the 
leathery part of the breastplate. But it still stands. And now he swings his swords towards Mortis. The skeleton is not the only one trained in military combat fighting with swords. For Mortis is also able to deflect the incoming attack from the long sword of the skeleton. Now it is top of the round. The archer aims his arrow towards Mortis and looses him. The arrow flies and it looks like it's going to hit Mortis. Unfortunately, or fortunately, the skeleton with the long sword positions himself without knowing an incoming attack. It hits him in the back of the skull and the head with the arrow propping out of its back flies past Mortis's head. The rest of the skeleton's body crumbles to the ground. As Mortis sees this happen, he like glances at the faraway skeleton. He's like, well, that was quite the boneheaded move. <laughs> Do you have the inspiration? No. no. no? Now we have no. it. <laughs> if you don't have the inspiration and you don't use it by the end of the session, you lose it. That's right. <laughs> I want to reward puns. <laughs> I know. I hate Pedro's and his stupid damn inspiration. I try so goddamn hard in RP and I never get inspiration. You, gotta, you say one pun. You gotta know. I you get it. Listen, I just know my audience. I know. <laughs> Methuselah, your turn. So the magic of the fun zone actually doesn't change this time. And so anyone who is in it, if there's anyone, they will have to compete with the blooming chrysanthemums spitting water once more. Does an 11 pass? No. You've been blinded. Does a 16 pass? Yes. As the skeleton with the adds is finally able to whip out all the liquid from its bony face, another chrysanthemum is able to squirt the liquid onto his face. Instead, now he's back to trying to whip it off of his face. Meanwhile, the one with the shield and sword in the far back is able to clean his face from the liquid as another flower pops in into existence. It sprays another liquid onto the face of the skeleton. He raises his shield and is able to defend his face from the incoming spray. What else do you do, Methuselah? All right, so the one that I blinded I'm going to play on Yorick just a song of like trying to mimic his like very, you know, like trying to clear the eyes, the hurried kind of like desperation. And I'm going to cast Vicious Mockery on that dude as Yorick strings uh, glow violet. You play your tune and with it, the skeleton stops wiping their face. Instead, it starts to shake, tremble very slightly, and with it, there is a small faint glow from the vines, as if they were cracking. They then lose their strength, and the entire skeleton crumbles. Thorn, it is your turn. Thorn is going to have one of the other stones in his hands, and he's going to use his 
attack action to whip the stone at the skeleton with the shield. Go right ahead. It is important to say that Mortis is in front of you, therefore it has half cover. I keep forgetting the Mortis is in front of me. I'll have to move, switch places with him like I usually do. You do so. I like the picture every time you switch places with me, you just like Assassin's Creed run over my back. Yeah. <laughs> just like... Do a flip. Does a 25 hit? Yes, it hits. Roll for the damage. Seven bludgeoning. Like a bullet, it flies through the air and it hits the side of the skeleton, taking at least four ribs. And then I'll switch back, hide behind Mortis like a little coward, and that's uh, what Thorn will do for his turn. Seeker of the Wind. Seeker will throw their dagger. There are two targets that you can choose. The one with the shield and sword, and the skeleton in the far back with the bow. Uh, the one with the uh, sword, the long sword. Does a 23 hit? Yes, it does. Roll for the damage. That would be five piercing damage. The dagger flies. As it spins in the air, it lands blade first at the temple of the skull of the skeleton, and it falls to the ground, crumbling. Now it is Mortis. A very small part of me wants to just say Leroy Jenkins and just run into the front. You're totally welcome to. You'll just maybe... I mean, it is a deck save, so... True, I might, that might not end well for me. You know what Mortis? Yeah, he's gonna, like, see... He's, this is, like, his in-the-heat-of-battle moment. He's like, glory for us all! And he's gonna, like, charge forwards towards the skeleton. As you step into the fun zone, a flower blooms out of nowhere in front of the face of Mortis, and it's about to spray the water onto you. Do your saving throw. Uh, for this check, I'm, I'm just gonna use my DM inspiration, so the advantage. <laughs> I got double 17s, which for me it's 16, but you know. You pass. You are not blinded in the fun zone. <laughs> Knowing that the effect of the fun zone, you are able to put one of your turtle hands in front of your face, and instead it gets sprayed with the water, you continue running. See, if I was a savage, I could. he just opens his mouth. He's like, give me that water. I'm a turtle. <laughs> just eat the flower. <laughs> a delicious morsel. Oh, uh, yeah. Once I'm within range of the skeleton, he's just going to do like a stab. You make all the way to engagement with the archer skeleton. Roll for your attack. And for this attack, I'm going to use my bardic inspiration. It's like a 24 to hit. <laughs> That lands a hit. Roll for the damage. So I got 13 damage. 13 damage, it does it. And with it, you pin the skeleton onto the wall. And as it is damaged by your attack, it completely crumbles onto the ground, leaving only your blade poking at the wall. For those at home, I considered doing another, another like extra smite, but then, but I was like, you know what? Let's save some of them spell slots just for the kids. With the last skeleton, now a pile of bones onto the ground of this hallway. What do you guys do? So there's a door that the skeletons came from, and then there's a door ahead. Correct? Is there any other doors? And there is a third door right in front of the door that the skeletons came in from. So there's three doors. That is exactly, yes. So one door in front and two on the sides. All right, well, 
That was that. Where shall we go next? I think we should maybe loot these skeletons. Take what we can get, right? Can Thorn see if the skeleton that is the archer has a short bow that he can steal? That is correct. The archer does have a short bow. Thorn will take that. And roll for me a d10. I got an 8. That is how many arrows there's left in the quiver as well. Bro, you're arrow rich. <laughs> Thorn will stick pretty close to Mortis. He's kind of warily looking at the door that the skeletons came out of. He seems more jumpy than usual. Can I loot one of the skeletons? Of course. There are the skeletons with the two-handed axes, and they are wearing loincloths. There's the one with the shield and the sword, and that one is just wearing a tunic that currently has a dagger on its temple. And lastly, there is the one with breastplate and a long sword on it. So they just have weapons on them. Weapons, maybe a little bit of armor. Uh, I am small and I can't carry much, so I'm not going to loot because I don't really see myself carrying around a lot of weapons, to be honest. We could always come back on our way out, yeah. take them and sell them. Um, I'm actually going to go up to Seeker with the dagger that uh, they gave me and I'm going to be like, oh, well, I, I don't think I need this anymore, so I'll just give this back. And I'll hand back the dagger. Oh, all right. Thank you, Methuselah, for holding on to that for me. Thank you. My pleasure. I like to keep an eye out for my friends. Um, and then Seeker's going to go and, like, yank the one out from the temple of the one skeleton. It takes a bit of effort, but you're able to pull it just fine. Could I loot the one with the shield and the longsword? Sure. It's literally just the tunic over his torso area shield and sword and a half helm no pouch no nothing like that okay cool and they're just gonna kind of like stash that stuff valid okay thorn is gonna look towards the door that the skeletons came from and sort of like cautiously investigate it and glance into the room it is a jar so you can quickly look inside it seems to be an empty room just covered in dust with trash around, pieces of old bones, carcasses of rats that is decomposing for a long time, cracks on the ground, floor, and walls. But alas, it is an empty room and with no passages anywhere else. Meanwhile, um, can I go up to the other door that, like, on the side? And can I, like, put my ear against it and try to, like, listen to anything in the room? If there's any sound. Do a perception check for me. Eleven. You can hear something from the other side of the door. But you can't discern what it is. It's somewhat muffled. And you can't really picture what would be causing this kind of sound. I think there might be something behind here. Does someone want to come and listen? I, I, I want to make sure it's not enemies. I'd be happy to give you a hand with that, Methuselah. I'll like kind of move out of the way so that anyone who wants to kind of like listen can come over and see. Mortis will kind of just stand behind them like, I'll watch your backs. Perception, right? Uh, nine. 
same thing. It's way too muffled and you have no idea what could be causing this sound. Anyone else want to try? Thorn's kind of wandered off into the other room. Uh, Mortis will give it a try. Uh, I also got a nine. Welcome to the mighty nine. I suppose maybe we should just leave this door. I, I, I kind of figure there might be maybe more skeletons behind here. Maybe the door just got a little stuck in this sort of trapped room. Can Seeker scratch at the door like a cat? <laughs> you scratch it, and uh, it makes the sound of scratches on the other side. Nothing seems to react to it. Maybe Methuselah's right. We can we can look at the other rooms, but this one, you know, usually when there's like scratches at your door, you'd answer it. And I think that was very rude that they didn't answer it. Uh, perhaps they're not familiar with tabaxi customs. So you, you heard nothing call back then? No, I didn't hear anything respond to my scratching. Well, then maybe it is safe. I mean, if nothing, you'd think that if these was, if there were skeletons, they might. Unless it's like a door thing where they come to life by the door opening. I don't know the magic of this place. I suppose if you want, if I, if you want, I could open it, take a peek in, and if there's any danger, we could just seal it behind them. No harm done. Might as well. Seeker's gonna tap Mortis like on the shoulder area and say, "Yeah, best if you do that one, Mortis. Uh, you're stronger than the rest of us." Mortis is gonna like go up to the door. And he's gonna. Is it like locked or sealed in any way? Like, is it hard to open? You test the handle, and it seems to be unlocked. You're able to push the door just fine. He's gonna, like, open it with his one hand and then have his other hand, like, on the hilt of his sword. Just sort of, like, push it open with his shoulder. Sure. You gingerly push open, just enough for you to be able to see past the frame of the door. The room is very small. Barely two of you would fit inside. The only thing that is inside of this room seems to be some sort of pipe. This pipe goes from the ground all the way to the roof. There is a chamber, a small chamber, within the middle of this pipe. It is almost like a stove, but it's completely sealed. But there is a door that you can twist the wheel-like lock mechanism to open it if you want to. The sound is exactly the small trembling of the pipe and there is steam that comes out sometimes of the maybe the small loose parts of the pipe usually around the chamber. Is this the room where the skeletons had a sauna? <laughs> no. Gotta, you know, dry their bones every once in a while. Yeah, after having like acid baths and poison baths, you know. Gotta open up their non-existent pores. Open up the joints. Oh, that would be good for Mortis. What would you guys like to do? Uh, Mortis is gonna see this. He's gonna look over his shoulder and be like, uh, well, there doesn't seem to be any immediate danger, just some odd device of some sort. Can I look into the room and see what Mortis saw? You take a peek inside and you see the same. Strange room. There seems to be a little sort of 
compartment here. I'm not sure if we should open it. Uh, wh what do you all think? Well, do we want to take a closer look? I think we might as well, just for the sake of being curious. Well, you know what they say, curiosity. And then he, like, sort of glances at Seeker. Never mind. Uh. Seeker is just going to look at Mortis and wink. Ah, yeah, but uh, didn't it end with satisfaction brought it back? A fair point. And he's going to, like, turn towards the compartment and open it. It takes a bit of strength to open it, but you're able to actually put enough pressure to make the wheel turn, and you feel the door untighten it, and with a stop of the wheel, you know that it is unlocked. You then open, and a cloud of steam comes out, not enough to hurt you or strong enough to, like, propel as if it was some sort of like geyser. No, it's just the steam comes out, the sound of rushing water takes hold of the room, and some of it starts to splash out, but great majority continues to flow down the pipe. And from inside, screeches comes out. As from inside of the water, four little creatures pops out. Two of them are the cause of the steam as per their glowing red yet crusted skin reminds you of molten lava but it flies up from inside of this stove the other two creatures are crystallized almost but it has wings and it flies up as well and they seem to be almost like steaming but the kind of steam that is heavy, so it falls to the ground. A sign that you guys clearly see whenever there is ice melting quickly from the environment. And these creatures are jagged. They are ugly looking. And you guys will have to fight these four little spirits. of this episode of the sunless citadel thank you so much for listening subscribe to us on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts and be sure to catch the next installment of the sunless citadel every thursday at 12 p.m est if you like the show please consider leaving a review it's a small way to show your support that goes a long way to connect with us follow our social media accounts and if you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon to join the conversation, view sneak peeks of our next project, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Our intro score was created by Patrick Corden from Off the Beaten Path Musical. The Sunless Citadel can be found in Tales from the Yawning Portal by Wizards of the Coast, and the world of Nosomundos was created by Pedro Stockler. Thanks again for listening from all of us at the Storyteller's Tavern. Now take this bardic inspiration for your next adventure.